Hello and welcome back to the Part-Time Gaffers podcast. My name's David. And I'm Delish. And I've got a question for you. So, on TikTok this week, and this has nothing to do with football, by the way. On Great TikTok way this week, a new question exploded the internet. You've heard of the black and blue versus the yellow and gold dress argument. Yep. Not yellow and gold, yellow and white. That was a few years ago. That was a few years ago. Um, but now there's something bigger, something better, something more controversial. It's only just on the rise of controversy. It's going to get bigger and bigger, and it's going to make a lot of people angry. The question is, are there more doors or wheels on Earth? <laughs> I wish wait, I could describe wait, the wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, so I'm thinking about this. First thing I think about is cars, and I guess in classic consulting fashion i have to like have a logical way of thinking about this not just like blurt out an answer but I'm okay but what's about, your instinct what's your first instinct wheels or doors which my, team are you on i'm gonna be honest the f- my very first instinct was wheels mm. because i thought of cars yeah right but then i thought about cars again <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i was thinking about a normal car is four wheels but in any car there's going to be at least five doors right because a hatchback mm-hmm. like five door cars but then i'm like does the number of motorcycles or bicycles <laughs> counteract that at all see it probably does so are you so team gonna, door or team wheel right now i'm gonna say team wheel see i disagree i'm team door i started team wheel <laughs> screw team wheel i'm team door and here's why I'm going to obsess over this. If I just thought about it like households, week. right? In an average house, an average house in the world, I'd say you have two wheels. In an average house in the world, a lot of people don't have cars, right? Mm. Or any motor transportation. A lot of people just take public transport. We're not used to it because we're in Australia and New Zealand, but like cars are a bit of a luxury, right? So let's say two wheels per house. Then there's a lot of doors in a house. Even even the most basic of houses have two doors at the front and for the bathroom. So I think there's more doors. And then someone raised to me the argument today, well, what about toy cars? They have little they have little wheels on them. But I thought, no, they also have doors. And they said, no, the no, doors don't. don't open. Yeah. Well, that raises the question, is a door that doesn't open still a door? No, I think it... I, I think, think it, it is. No, I think it would have to be a functional door. No one said functional door. Oh, it's a descriptive door. Bro, I could go on and draw a million wheels on an application right now, and that would win the argument. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm team door. But, no, but you get my point. And it has to be functional. You can't just have... I get your point. I just disagree. <laughs> <laughs> My, I'm team door and I personally think that I everyone who's team wheel is going to realize that team door is where it's at, where, where the party is. We don't worry about wheels. You guys are thinking about doors. Doors are living in your head rent free. Wheels aren't living in our heads. We don't care because we know there's more doors than wheels. No, that's, that's <laughs> I was coming back to that argument. Of I'd only just thought about cars. I did also think about houses and I'm like, I, I get your point about houses and there's freaking houses everywhere. Even where there aren't cars, there's going to be houses. Oh, yeah, or there are. some definition of a house or a dwelling. 
Team Door. Anyways. It probably is doors. It <laughs> we should probably is. get this to the actual topic of this podcast. It's probably one. This is not the last you'll hear about this question. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I actually got asked. We had to do a question of the day at work and I've, I'm tomorrow, so this is my question. <laughs> anyway. We've got a good episode lined up for you today. It's a shorter one because, well, honestly, we're dealing with a bit of an internet outage at the moment. So Thank you, Optus. Thanks, Optus. So it's a bit of a struggle. Um, so what we've got is first we're going to be doing a quick review. We're going to be doing it a little bit differently. We're going to watch some of the highlights and react to them in live time. And then we are going to do a bit of a fantasy review, talk about where we're at, what changes we've made to our teams. There's about, what, 10 game weeks left? 11 so there's still quite a bit of time left in the season so it's not the end anyone can win well not anyone i think christian's out of the competition by now there are a few people who have definitely just ruled themselves out yeah but to be fair they also haven't made a transfer since like (laughs) september um and then just some predictions as normal and reflecting on how our predictions went last week did i miss anything you covered it all david awesome let's get to it Welcome back to the review. We've got a slightly different format for everyone tonight or today, depending on what time you're watching it. Aren't time zones a magical thing? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a weird side story about time zones, but I'll leave it. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means that yesterday my girlfriend and I would decide, were discussing time zones and I realized mm-hmm. that uh, the Queensland state in Australia doesn't account for daylight savings. It's true. I didn't realize that before. You want to know something weirder than that? It blew my mind. Sure. Adelaide, so South South Australia? Yes. Half an hour behind. Yeah. I realized that. Who does half too. hour time zones? I mean, I, it was crazy to my mind last night, and I'm still wrapping my head around it. In but Brits, anyway. that's it, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a major diversion. Back to the new game week, or new review format. We're going to do a highlight and a low light from the past match day. Again, just talk through a few other results if we if we want to really because it's our podcast <laughs> and <laughs> we do what we want we've got some highlights bundled up for us that we're going to go through and just do a few goal reactions and goal reviews which should be pretty fun yeah let's do it so do you want to kick us off david with hell yeah either your highlight or your low light yeah um so i've got one i've got two highlights and two low lights so my first highlight is arsenal's performance against watford was it our best defending no far from it we let in two goals from watford it's not excusable. But, to be fair, one of Watford's goals was a banger, but we'll get to that soon. All three of Arsenal's goals were absolute worldies. You had an Erdegaard team goal, one of the better team goals we've had since, I think it was 2019, when Aubameyang finished off this beautiful manoeuvre, um, which Ozil played a key part in. Um, it's always Ozil. It's always so that was that goal was against Leicester. That's all I remember, and it was incredible. Arsenal fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. So it was one of our better team goals since then. Not as good, but better. Then you had Bukayo Saka do literally the same goal that Messi scored a few weeks ago, where it was laid off beautifully by Lacazette just out to the, outside the box, and Saka hits it first time right into the top corner, beautifully taken. Saka actually got the ball off of Tom Cleverley, um, and he did really well to do that and. Honestly, I think he's just maturing as a player. And then you had Martinelli score a screamer from, again, a beautiful team builder. But we'll get to that in the goal section. So for me, it was just a great performance attacking-wise from Arsenal, and I was really pleased to see it. 
Um, and then my other highlight was Man City absolutely destroying <laughs> Manchester United with um, Harry Maguire. But instead of trying to clear the ball, trying to do something fancy right in front of goal, <laughs> absolutely useless. Fans are calling for him to be offed. Thinks he's messy. I mean, thinks he's every. I think he thinks he's Ronaldo in the team. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it those are my two highlights. One's a positive, and one's I guess a negative for some people. I mean, Ronaldo wasn't in the team. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to. Lowlights. Ah, oh, no, yeah. you go for your highlights. My highlight. My obvious highlight was us just nabbing a goal against West Ham. Doesn't get much better than that. A scrappy 1-0 win <laughs> to, just, to just keep the race interesting and keep the race alive. If a 1-0 isn't the peak and pinnacle of British football, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's so good there's an Arsenal chant about 1-0. <laughs> um, my other highlight, if I had to pick one, is probably Stevie G's Aston Villa finally getting themselves back on track. Solid 4-0 win against... Southampton yeah so we'll get to their goals in a bit as well but they scored some really nice goals good to see Coutinho and his new friend in the team uh Douglas Louise oh yeah and both Brazilian yeah they both do little samba dances after they score or assist each other love it it's a real good vibe so that was a big highlight and I'll continue on with the low lights which I might get persecuted for but the low light was the limp performance that Manchester United put up against City. Oh, because you wanted them to win. I was... Because it helped Liverpool. A draw would have been optimal. A win would have been good. I honestly think you're being a bit generous there. What? In describing their performance as limp? Yeah, I think they were on a stretcher. <laughs> limp, limping is a, a massive stretch. <laughs> um... I mean, look, you had Manchester City put 24 shots against United with 10 of those on target. That's like a 40% shot on target They had five shots with two on target. To be fair, United kept the same ratio just with one-fifth of the amount of shots. Um, Also, United only had 30% possession. That that just screams absolutely dominated. City made them look like a Sunday league team. I feel like... And man, that's an expensive Sunday league team. <laughs> I think I was watching a video during the week and Manchester United's back four that started this game, it cost about 200 mil. Mm. That... That's so poorly spent 200 so mil. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like, I'm, I'm in quite like a money-saving grind at the moment. Like, I'm budgeting really well. I'm genuinely like getting excited when I spend less money on something. So I think I know what I'm talking about when I say, man, you might have the worst eye for value for money in the Premier League. How can they justify a single one of those defenders at the price they paid? A single one. Harry Maguire is worth every penny. No, but like... No, I'm joking. Seriously. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're 80, honestly, like 80 million for Harry Maguire? We got oh. Ben White for 50 and people laughed at us. Sorry, Ben White has been since... After the first game when he got absolutely ruined against Brentford, <laughs> since after that, I'd say he's been top three centre-backs in the league since then. I would put my top three centre-backs since then as Ruben Diaz, Matip, and Ben White. Those are my top three. 100%. You I, can't really I, disagree. I, yeah, no. Because you'd also put Matip in top three. Definitely Matip's been. And you have to put Ruben Diaz. Yeah. Right. Well, there we go. <laughs> Settled. <laughs> Yeah, no one else is really standing out to me that's yeah. going to knock out Ben White. 
Yeah, and unlike Harry Maguire, when Ben White makes a run forward, he actually takes on <laughs> and beats people. <laughs> so um, he could learn something. But um, yeah, it's just crazy to me that that backline costs 200 mil. You've got teams that spent 30 mil on their backline in the Premier League who I gen- genuinely, this isn't talk- me talking shit, I genuinely believe they have a better backline. I think Brighton has a better backline than United. It's a better backline because they work better together and that's that's all defending is. It's about being in synergy mm. and in it's about being coordinated with the other three people in that backline or the other four people in that backline and, yeah, just how they organise themselves. I think that's actually something that peak Arsenal was really known for. They had they didn't have st- the star defenders. They had mm. good defenders who worked beautifully together mm. and unlike defence with attack, they just had some really remarkable guys who could sync up. And and unless you play an insanely high line like we do, you don't need super athletic people at the back. Yeah, you because, guys play a damn high line. Because positionally, everyone's just going to be in the right spot at the right time. And they only need to make a 10-meter dash to get, to c- get across and cover the ball. So, yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing of... It's not really nature against nurture. It's like money against nurture. <laughs> England versus Saudi Arabia in Russia. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that was my low light. What about yours? Fair enough. Um, I think my low lights, I had two. <laughs> One was Spurs. We predicted this. Or did we, did we say lose or win? I actually can't remember. But what we've been saying is Spurs have had such like a mixed form. They just came out and exploded against Everton. Um, what did they win? 5 0? Yeah. You're the one that predicted the 2 1 win. To Spurs? Yes. See, I should have said 5 0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hindsight's great. I mean, um, yeah, you should have just swapped your Arsenal Watford prediction for your Tottenham <laughs> Everton yeah. prediction. Honestly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think seeing Tottenham win, look. Uh, I don't mind, but I, I'd prefer they don't <laughs> right now. So, um, yeah, to be honest, though, I'm not thinking about them too much because Arsenal's gunning for third. And that brings me to my second low light, Chelsea winning 4-0. Mm. I kind of wanted them to drop points and make it just that little bit easier for us to catch them. Look, we can, still can catch them easily. We've got what? Five-point gap. We've got a game, got in, a hand, game in hand. So we're going to be two points behind and we still have to play them. If we beat Chelsea... Mm. That third spot's ours, I'm telling you Yeah, that narrative hasn't changed But, yeah So um, Both teams did their job and won on the weekend Pretty much Yeah, so those, those are probably my lowlights um, Anything else that jumped out to you from this week? Not really for me um, oh, Everton is managed by Frank Lampard now, right? That's correct Yeah, I heard that um, Spurs fans were chanting at Lampard saying You're just just a shit shit Steven Steven Gerrard Yeah Yeah. (laughs) I mean in terms of Managerial success It's looking like that But I'm not going to Get into this Maybe this is for another podcast I'd still put Lampard Above Gerrard In terms of all time Premier League Midfield rankings I'm going to quickly Settle this right now And I'll concede Statistically Okay Lampard is better But As a leader I give it Stevie's better But in terms of I don't know, this is all really biased because I've obviously just seen highlight package after highlight package of <laughs> Steven Gerrard and I don't really watch a lot of what of Gerard! Signif- significant moments 
of Lampards in a Chelsea shirt. Yeah. So maybe I should go watch one or two of those before I continue making the statement. But I'd say that in terms of impact on a generation, Gerrard probably had a larger footprint as a player. Let's say this for next week, you know. Actually, let's yeah, do our mid- let's do our all-time England rankings. Cool. That's next, next week's podcast lineup right there. Get excited. So should we watch some highlight packages? Let's, let's roll into some highlights. Okay, so what are we starting with? We're starting with every goal from Sunday. Yes, our Sunday, which is Saturday night. Yeah, UK we time. have to keep clarifying that. Let's go. Let's go. So this is Arsenal-Watford. Okay, so here's Saka. Beautiful pass into Erdegaard and beautiful finish. Honestly, like, I think just the team chemistry you're starting to see from Arsenal is really coming through here. Mm. Now we're seeing the comeback. Oh from my Watford. god, that Watford goal. What's his name again? Hernandez? Yeah, oh my word. That is an incredible. I'd say that's better than Ings's attempt earlier this season. I mean, overhead the, the, kick. The first almost. goal that reminded me of was Rooney. <sighs> no, definitely not as good as Rooney. Nah. Oh, similar. look at this. Look at this. Be- Saka just takes the ball off cleverly. Beautiful by Lacazette. Plays it out. <sighs> that was nice. It, it's just instinct. And that is that is why we still need Laka and we should sign yes. him next season. Because in the box, he's like Firmino. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not as good, but <laughs> he can pull it yeah. off. I would have dived the same way as Foster, by the way. Really? I was surprised when he went to the right. Yeah, actually looking at that, mm. it's a great intuition from Saka. That's what I mean when I say he's maturing. Oh my word, look at this. Oh, that flick. <laughs> Martinelli. So there's actually a lot of controversy about this goal. Have you heard? No. Arteta, as you can see, he's just out of his technical box. He gets the ball on the oh, touchline, gives it straight it to Saka and starts to play really quickly. All boy style. Beautifully. He does. It's the one touch football on the edge of the box though. I love seeing Martinelli do a finish like this because that's what people have been doubting him on is his actual striking ability and he just proved mm. them all wrong from outside the box. Here we go, nervous times. I wasn't sure how he finished this goal, Suzuko. Honestly, well done. That was a sick little manoeuvre. He beautifully took that down in the box yeah. and Gets a bit skipped it around. past Ben White. Oh, frick, there goes my point about Ben White. But um, no, nah, it was very well taken. Not much you can do there. And then was it nervy times for the past? For the nah, honestly, it was not nervy times at all. Um, nah, we were good. That was a lucky goal. It was a lucky goal. Now let's watch the the fun Man City versus Man United the capitulation. So this was a very early goal within the fifth minute. Kevin De Bruyne. Look at these guys. Where is the defence? It's the b- slow ball past. Or crossed into the box on the ground and United defenders just watch it go to De Bruyne's feet. The worst part is he's lingering at the edge of the box waiting to make that run towards the penalty spot. And no one was marking him. No one goes to him. Yeah. yeah. Let's see that again. No he's one's just, on him. Yeah. No one's on him. He's got all the time in the world. Maguire, what is Maguire doing? Moving towards the ball but he shouldn't have been. He actually should have been on him. Yeah, I'm also looking at the two... Okay, so uh, this is a good goal from Sancho. Back. This is a great finish. Very nicely and tidily tossed yeah. around and taken. Edison gets fingertips to it, but only pushes it further into the no. corner. You have to look at that curve. Very well done. That's brilliant. I have to, I'll give him credit. I've given him a lot of crap this season and deserved it, but like that's a very good finish from Sancho. Fortunately, it wasn't enough for Man United. 
Oh my god. <sighs> Again, just pinball in the box. Who was that initial run by? Phil Foden. So Phil Foden literally just made them look like kids. Well, no. I put it on this ball out from the right back spot. Yeah. By, I don't even know who that is. Is that Basaka? One Basaka? Oh, it's probably is, yeah. Yeah. So one Basaka tries to chip the ball over Trent Alexander style into open space down the line undercooks it it gets intercepted by i'm guessing that's Kinsella or someone or Grealish and from there Phil Foden gets the ball pounces on the opportunity and pinball in the box falls to Kevin De Bruyne and he's not missing from there but it all stems from this mm. right because just knock it a bit longer why are you trying to be so cute with it yeah very true and gets intercepted Foden <laughs> brilliantly just um, that touch yeah, he just chips yeah. it over the defender and some bouncing around the box. Ball goes in. Mm. Well taken. That, that initial save from De Gea from mm. Foden is amazing. Oh, yes. my Lord. That goal was incredible by Mares. This is Riyad Mares from a corner. Gets it directly Pretty on much the edge on the of half the box. On the edge of the box. And as sweet as you like. Oh, to be fair, it was a deflection. Takes a deflection off Maguire. It would have probably been saved with wasn't for the but the touch was beautiful nevertheless. Yes. Incredible. It's filthy. <laughs> and it was offside. Oh no, wasn't no, it ruled onside. ruled onside? Yeah. Now something this highlight package won't show you if you just pause for a sec. Did you see Cancelo's attempt? No. So it was a beautiful um so it was crossed from the right to Cancelo who was like back post but like edge of the box, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like not f- close to the goal. And on the volley, he just sticks his leg up. He like does a beautiful body turn, hits it with his left foot, and it's curving towards the goal, top corner. But it gets saved. Ah, incredible attempt. Technically, he's so technically gifted. Honestly, I think if for, I agree that Trent's probably the best right back in the world right now. Mm. I'd say Cancelo is easily the best left back. Yeah, and you mom. know what's incredible? On form. He actually is a right back. <laughs> He's a two-footed player. It's amazing. Actually, Danny Alves is the best right back. <laughs> Still. <laughs> always. Man's actually incredible. That was fun to watch. Oh, I enjoy Man United being beat. <laughs> um, what was the next game? We're on to the Tuesday morning game, which is Tottenham-Everton. This is Everton just getting smashed, which we all love to see. I mean, I, I don't I don't quite <laughs> like it as much as you do, but I guess that's how I feel about United. Wow. This finish from Harry Kane. You know what? You know why Kane's doing well, this? It's, it's because not. literally on the last podcast I said, oh, he showed up for one game this season, and now he tries to show up again. It's and not he does. a finish from Harry Kane. It's an own goal, I believe. But is he's it? right there for it as well. Oh, okay, it's, fair. It's an amazing own no, goal no, from no, no, Kane. No, no, it's all good. Harry Kane didn't <laughs> show up. It's fine. Okay, so now we're seeing... Is this, this Son? Is, this is devastating. Wow. Brilliant finish that from Son. From right the right wing. Ground. Two passes from the right wing and they're in. Honestly, Spurs are starting to look a little deadly if they keep playing like this. They're actually playing through the middle and some good football, it seems. I think Conte's finally getting something drilled into their brains, right? This ball looked offside. Wow! It gets checked and okay. he's just on. I take it back. Harry Kane, brilliant and very tidy I finish. Mean, this is one on one with the keeper, though. It's a one on one, but like you're crucifying him if he doesn't finish it. Uh, sure, but like it is a very tidy finish. 
Um, he could have gone for the chip and screwed it up. <laughs> Here we go again. One twos in the middle of the pitch. Son driving away. Son driving and falls to Serge Regulon. I mean, back. look, great positioning. I really like how Regulon made the run into the box there. Um, you'll see a lot of letbacks probably hang just outside the box, wait for rebounds. He didn't. He ran right in. He took a shot. He didn't wait for someone else to get it. I thought that was really impressive. He shot a shot. He shot a shot. And I love that pan over to... Wow. Love that pan over to Frank Lampard. What? That was incredible by Harry Kane. How have I not seen this? What? On the volley. That was like that Van Persie goal, but not quite as good. But like Mm. big, big, um, big pass forward in the air and taken straight on the left foot. That was brilliant. I have no idea how he's found the corner of the goal that well with the inside of his left foot on a volley. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got Leicester versus Leeds. This was just a 1-0, so this probably will be quite a short highlight package. So there's 1-2s in the box. Oh, Harvey Barnes brilliant. puts it away. Ooh, Harvey Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best commentary ever by an English commentator. So what actually happened here? He 1-2'd that with who? Uh, I think that's Lukman. That was brilliant. Yeah. One, oh. two, tidy finish from the right foot, inside out finish. Sorry, Ian Really Archer. impressed. It's Ian Archer. Ian Archer is very underrated. Former City man. Oh, Villa versus Southampton. This will be oh, fun. these are the ones I want to see. These four goals from Villa. So, Ollie Watkins this is up for turn. Brilliant turn. Does a little, what's that called? A, ru- a rondo? A roulette. Roulette, yeah. yeah. That's a brilliant roulette by Watkins. <laughs> wow. That this was incredible. I mean. This is what I mean. Oh, that was a great little Brazilian celebration. Coutinho gets a ball over the top of the box, squares it up for Douglas Louise, and then they just go over to the corner flag, just doing a little samba. This finish from Felipe. Wow. Oh, my God. Who was that? It's Felipe Coutinho. Oh, Man's man back in the Premier League. And God. tearing up the streets. Literally, he just ran through the team. And I love to see Stevie G just happy on the sidelines. Yeah. Wow. So, Danny Ings? Danny Ings. Danny Ings just being... Bangs it in. The poetry is... That is a fantastic poaching goal. Yeah. The technique, though, to keep it down. Finding space in the box like that. Brilliant. Um, Norwich Brentford. You know, something funny happened in this game. Christian Eriksen did a bad tackle on somebody. And they were, like, getting aggressive on him. But then they realised... It was Christian Eriksen when he like, he like turned around and like oh, oh, and he just hugged him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very wholesome scene. Okay. So Ivan Tony poaches one from a corner, kind of ricochets to him at the back post. Man, then also poaches two penalties. I don't think we need to watch the highlights of the pens. Oh, to be fair, they're very well taken. Okay, here's yeah, the first one. I really like his technique. He does it he better than Pogba. Barely has a run-up. He doesn't seem very confident. In it. Really? Like, his technique doesn't exude confidence. What do you mean? He takes saying. two steps and shoots. That exudes so much confidence, in my opinion. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's just something about the way I perceive it. Like, Well, you put it down the same I mean, side for the second you, one. It worked a charm. You cannot argue with the results. He's been the keeper in the same corner, both pins. Yeah. Oh, Timu Puki, brilliantly taken... I love how managed to find Pookie amongst like six or seven Brentford defenders and midfielders 
And Pookie just takes it in the air, does what he has to. Brilliant poacher as well. He's laced that into the back. <laughs> of the laced it. Now Burnley, Chelsea. It seems like Chelsea have found a winning formula. Don't play Lukaku and Werner up front. So <laughs> interesting how your simple. strikers need to be benched. Also, give Reese James the ball more. Yeah, man, he just made That's an absolute fool of this Chelsea of this um Burnley team. He what was that? Three turns he this made boy in the box. Is special. He sends the Burnley one, guy flying. Two, two, three. I mean, that's his best impression of Mohamed Salah. Yeah, I mean, very fair. That was as good as, Salah, as Salah's goals, in my opinion. Here he is again, running things from the edge of the box. Yeah, honestly, he's right behind Trent. A couple of years behind. Wow, Havertz, great header. Cross straight to the back post, then he gets on it. Brilliantly done. How is he at the back post? Nearly unmarked. Yeah, that's, that's for a Sean Dyche team. That's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally the only player in the box. Here we go, Brongolo Conte. Wow, great cross. Havertz in the right place. Good poach. But honestly, I'm more impressed by that cross. Mm. Was that N'Golo Conte's cross? No, nah, it's Reese James. Reese James across again. the face. Wow, brilliantly done. Honestly, like. I genuinely think he's just a year or two behind Trent. He's also going to be one of the best in the world. Well, yeah, in age, makes sense. Mm. I mean, soon both of them will be behind Tomiyasu, but that's not important. We can talk about that in three or four years' time. Yeah, when Tomiyasu's won, like, two Champions Leagues, right? Three. (laughs) Once Arsenal starts winning the Champions League, we're not going to stop. Mark my words. Two in a row coming. I'll I'll believe it when I see it, man. And this is the last of Chelsea's four goals. To be honest, this is just an utter collapse from the Burnley defender. He's passed it to Christian Pulisic (laughs) (laughs) and asked him to go and score a goal. You're not going to get much more of an invitation if you're a striker. All right, Talish, how did we do? How did our predictions go last week? I know I tried to be a little bit controversial. Did it work out in my favor? Do you want the good news or the bad news? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you the bad news. The bad news is that you, David, unfortunately only got four correct, which isn't too bad. It's like just worse than Honestly, considering I took the piss with a couple of those and knowing that I'd probably be wrong, four is basically a six. So I'll take it. You've done pretty well there. You got the Wolves Crystal Palace, the Watford Arsenal, the City, the Manchester Derby, and Leicester Leeds correct. Okay. So overall, pretty well done. Um, I have no idea how I've done this. I got 7 out of 10 correct. That is ridiculous. Which are the ones you got wrong? The ones that I got wrong were Leicester Leeds, Tottenham Everton, and Wolves Crystal Palace. To be fair, both, all three of those are probably the hardest ones to predict last week. Mm. And I, I definitely back myself with... Oh, wait, hold on. Leeds. Leeds was an easy game to predict. Come on, you should have done better than just given... Given this to the win. Yeah. You could have had eight. That would have been the record for amount we've had right. Still not enough to win a multi, I but been good. absolute sage if I'd got yeah. eight right. If anything, all we've done with this exercise every week is proved how hard it is to win a multi. But um, anyway. And if, you, if you know David, you know that's his, pretty much one of his only goals in life, just to eventually win a multi. It's more than a goal. It's a passion of mine. Um, so let's do some predictions for next week. What's the first game? First game we've got is Arsenal-Leicester. Arsenal's at home. Easy 3-0 for us because Leicester's not in the best form. 
You're in good form. You're on the base. I'm gonna do another another tight one, another three two to Arsenal. Okay, sure. <laughs> you just want the win. That's fine. I don't care. We're getting the win. I'm Brent, not even worried. Brentford Burnley. Oh my lord, that is like Brexit versus Brexit <laughs> football. Um, I'm gonna give that to Brentford two 0 Two 0 Brentford. I think the way that they were playing against Norwich. Look, Norwich aren't a great side, uh, relatively in the Premier League, but they really just showed a bit of a different side to them. Um, mm. And I think we saw a bit of passion back. They had some injuries. They was really struggling for a bit this season. I feel like we've got the Brentford from the start of the season back and Burnley's trash right now. So I'm going to give it to Brentford. Yeah, I think we've got clutch Ivan Tony coming into play here. So I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford. Nice. Both goals Ivan Tony. Okay, fair. Not just because um, I need the fancy points. I was going to say, it <laughs> sounds a bit biased. <laughs> uh, Brighton, Liverpool. I've gone for 3-0 Liverpool. Um, Should be a fairly, fairly solid deal, hopefully. Liverpool's away. I'm going to go for... Oh, i got to be controversial to win something. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. <laughs> fair? Good Salah's going to score, but 1-1. One, one. Wow, bro, Salah better score. <laughs> both posts in the Champions League this morning. Oh my god, it really? Was unbelievable. He didn't hit the crossbar. He could have had a hat trick. No, but Matip <laughs> hit the crossbar. <laughs> it was and a hat trick of <laughs> posts. And we lost 1 0. Oh my god. Alexis Sanchez got a yellow card. Wait, did you got lose a red card. To Yeah, in the second leg. Oh my god. We still went through the quarters. I didn't follow today. Yeah, we lost busy. at home 1 0 in the Champions League. Oh, still yeah. went through 2 1 on aggregate. Uh, I'll good. start following Champions League more closely when Arsenal are about to win it. <laughs> And next up, we've got Chelsea, Newcastle. 3-0 Chelsea. I really want Newcastle to pull something out here. I'm going to go. Oh, I have to go 2-1 Chelsea. I was going to try and go for nah, a draw, but that's not happening. You can't. You can't. That's just not happening. You can't. Uh, City, Palace. Oh, come on, Palace. You've got this. Palace beat City last time away, mm. didn't they? I'm going to say I'm going to say one all again. I'm going to go 2-2. Oh, that's a good prediction, actually. Uh, Gallagher's scoring in that one. Everton Wolves. Uh, Wolves 2-1. This is, this is not a game to watch. 100% Wolves 2-1. 100%. You've heard of ones to watch. Now we present to you ones not to watch. 1-2. Way Nicely done. I am going to go nil all draw. Boring. Dud. To be fair, that's probably what this one is. Leeds <laughs> versus Norwich. <laughs> and in this week's this Dead is Rubber. A solid 1-1. One, one. No, no. Nice. Next up. Actually, I take it back. Neither of these teams can defend. 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a game to watch. 100%. Exciting game. United Tottenham. Um, you know what? Spurs 1-0. Nice. Um, and I genuinely hope Spurs win it. I genuinely hope Spurs win it too. I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs. 2-1 mm. uh, Spurs. And that's at Old Trafford too. Mm. I mean, it doesn't matter where United play their trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Southampton, Watford. Watford, thisford. Sorry, that was terrible. Anyway, um, it is late at night. Watford versus Southampton. This is the first game this season. I have no gut instinct of what to say. <laughs> um, I want to say 2-1 uh, to Southampton. I'm going to do the same. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And finally, oh, West Ham Villa. Oh, this freaking game. 
the two teams who's copied each other's kits. <laughs> Why doesn't Burnley ref the match while they're at it? Um, <laughs> West Ham versus Villa. I've got to go Villa 3-2. I think both Ooh, teams will get heavily right. on the score sheet here, yeah, but Declan, I do see Villa in better form right now. Declan Rice will be back in the team after a rest, an illness <laughs> rest, not playing against us. I see a few more goals. I'm going to go 4-2 Villa. Oh, very nice. Uh, what did you say? I said 3-2 Villa. Well, that brings to a wrap our predictions. And while this probably is a slightly shorter podcast, it's arguably one of the longest to record because we've been dealing with some mad internet issues throughout <laughs> this podcast. Um, and so hopefully that won't happen in future. <laughs> I was going to say something clever, but I didn't. I'm I'm banking on this never happening in future. Nah, yeah, surely not. Don't trust Optus. Touch wood. There's no wood to touch. <laughs> yes, there is. The floor. No. Oh, oh wow. The table. There's some wood right there. Well, I've touched it. I touched the wood. Um. Well, best of luck to you for your fantasy team. And best of luck against... What shitty team are you playing again? <laughs> We are playing Brighton. Oh, they're not bad at all. They're great. Best of luck to you this week. Yeah, so sorry about your fantasy. Malpe is not getting any goals. I promise you, if there's one thing I'm sure of, Malpe is scoring against Liverpool because this is the exact kind of game where Malpe is like a dick and just scores and shows up. 100%. Only time will tell. Well, we can talk about it next week (laughs) alongside why Gerrard is not quite as good as Lampard and will not ever go down as as big of a legend. (laughs) I just had a spot. (laughs) If you can't wait for that discussion, join us next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's time to talk some fantasy. We're going to keep it snappy. I'm winning. Cool. I think we're done. (laughs) Okay, so who's your team at the moment? And what are you looking to do going into these last 10 or so game weeks? So in all honesty, I looked at fantasy for the first time last week after about six weeks so finally looking to get back on track thankfully i had enough of a buffer of points that i was ahead of david so he's he's only just overtaken me in the past few weeks uh what are, what are the points totals at so david's currently on 1648 top of top of all my friends leagues yep just oh, putting that out there. Do. not for long and I'm on 1,625. Second top of the Friends League. So if you ever doubted our credentials to talk about football, we're first and second in fantasy. So chill out. We know what we're talking about. You've come to the right place. In terms of what I'm trying to do, uh, the main things that I was looking at in terms of players was how many fixtures they have left mm. because there's obviously quite a few teams who are who still have to catch up on fixtures from when COVID kind of interrupted the game schedule over Christmas. So kind of been looking at that. Um, I think Leicester have the most games in hand as of last week. Oh, wow. Um, so have caught up. <laughs> yeah, and Vardy is just coming back from injury. So yeah. I kept him in the team. Hopefully he's going to bang in some goals towards the end of the season. And the only last thing I'll say is I made... Probably the luckiest substitution I have ever made in fantasy, which was bringing in Ivan Tony the week in the week before he scores a hat trick. Oh <laughs> and he wow! He was in my starting lineup, so 
Usually, that is lucky. Usually those that decisions always go against me and I'll substitute someone out of my team and then they end up doing well in the next couple of weeks. So I'll take that one stroke of luck. 17 more points in the bag. Hell yeah. And, um, and yeah. looking at our teams, I mean, look, they're not too different. So let's run through the, the, the back lines firstly. We've both got Alexander-Arnold. You've gone double on Chelsea's defense. I've gone double on City's. So you've got Cancelo, I've got Cancelo. I've also got Diaz, who I'm going to need to replace because he's now out injured. I'm probably going to replace him with Laporte. Yeah, so I, I used to be double on City's defense, and I switched out Diaz because he's going to miss some games, and I also noticed Chelsea had a double game week. Oh, smart. This week, so I brought in Rudiger, which was the reason for that change. I might switch back to Diaz. We'll see how I go. Yeah, because you've got Silva and Rudiger. Interesting. Um, I've still got the man, the myth, the legend, Livramento. Um, just in case And in fact he's actually been doing quite he's, well I feel like he's one that you had to have from the start I mean he's had 12 and 8 points Before the Villa game um, So he's been doing quite well And I've still got Tierney in there um, Looking at the midfields um, We both have Salah You have Smithrow I've switched to Bukayo Saka Because I think Smithrow is not really a staple in the team right now mm. And Bukayo Saka has really struck form He's I think one of the first on the team sheet He's actually played the second most minutes for us behind Ben White this season. Yeah, I'd agree. And I was looking at swapping him into the team. Um, I just didn't have the funds to do so. Fair enough. Without making other compromises, which I didn't want to make. Um, and now I'm going to tell you about my magic man. I took a punt on this. I, I put De Bruyne in about maybe seven game weeks ago because it was at the point where he was only just starting to regularly play in the team again. And he was a little bit cheaper because people had sold him off since the start of the season. And I thought, look, City has some great fixtures coming up. De Bruyne, when he plays in the team, gets returns. And man, oh man, did this man do me well. He had an 11, an 8, an 11, an 18. I think I even got on the end of that 8. Um, so he's done me really well with his returns. has been racking up the points. It's been fantastic. I've still got Bowen in the team. Um, although a good had, shout, ride that wave. Yeah, I'm still riding it. And Coutinho, obviously. I'm assuming you also have Coutinho. You don't. You have I Ben don't. Rama, and yeah. you don't even. So you have Ben Rama, not Bowen. Yeah, Ben Rama has been one of those that, because I haven't looked at it in weeks and weeks, right, has just right. kind of stayed in the team. And then I chose to make the the Tiago the Rudiger change and the Tony change for this week. But yeah, definitely need to get a bigger name than Ben Rama because he hasn't really caught on fire like everyone expected him to. No, I mean, he started very strong. So did Antonio, and they've kind of fallen off. Um, And you've still got Gallagher, solid player. He'll get you a big haul every few weeks, so you can count on that. You just don't know when it's coming. Another one that I've been looking to change, but because I got him for so cheap and he was doing so well, hard to kind of swap out with price values all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And then looking at the forwards, we both have Dennis. Now, this guy actually scored a goal against Arsenal this week, and it was ruled offside. He scored it right at the start, and as he scored, I was like, no. And then I thought, wait, it's not that bad because I'm getting fantasy points. But then it got ruled out. And I think I'm net sad about it. Although, no, because if he scored, it would have been a draw. So, no, I've got to be net happy. (laughs) But um, this guy, I think he is so underrated still. I don't know where he's come from. Well, I, I mean, like, in terms of <laughs> the way he's just burst onto the scene this season, yeah. no one expected anything from him. Exactly, and he is so skilled, very technical, quite a big guy, 
very physical. I think he's actually, if he develops a little bit more, he could be an ideal striker target for one of the big teams. So Arsenal, I'm looking at you. Um, Chelsea need a striker, but they'd ruin him like they do every striker. So I actually think he's fantastic, and I think he'd thrive with a better team surrounding him. Mm, totally. In fact, Mikel Arteta, if you're listening, sign Dennis, honestly. Like, you could get him cheap as, and he'd be... I think he'd thrive, like I said. I think he'd be as good as some of the other guys you're looking at that are more expensive. I'd wait for him to get relegated, and then you get him at championship prices. Oh, fantastic. We love championship prices. Um, now, Don't know why you're so proud of that. We've <laughs> <laughs> got Vardy. Um, yeah, so I've already talked about Vardy, why I kept him in the team. Yeah, Might try and get a few few more Leicester players in there, depending on how they go next For few sure. game weeks. So my last two strikers are Malpay, who actually has been oddly somewhat consistent in just getting the odd return, um, and Eduard, because... He, I don't know, he's starting to go off a little bit. I like him. But mm. looking forward for the rest of the season, I'm probably just going to, like you said, play the fixtures. Kind of, if there's a double game week, get someone in. Um, I'm probably going to sw- swap Ruben Diaz. Um, honestly, maybe for James. Yeah. Not James, Reese James. Um, <laughs> in fact, you know what? I'm going to do it right now, live on the podcast. In he Have goes. you used all of your... Uh, That's like done. special special Race cards James and stuff. Done. Um, yep, I've played both my wild cards. I've played my free hit. I played my backup free hit that came because of the COVID things, and I've played my triple captain in game week one. Right. So I've played everything. So I've still got all of those cards up against you. Okay, wild cards you're a bit useless. Like it'll a little help. Bit, yeah. Free hits useful if you want to get people with double game weeks in for a week. Um, and triple captain. You see, a lot of people use triple captain on double game weeks, and it's right when they use it that they get, like, two blanks from the captain. Yeah. So be careful. I'll I'll have to see how we go. I'll still beat you. So my hope is, my hope is with fantasy that, obviously, the title race, and this is not just for fantasy, but we all kind of want the title race to go down to the last few weeks. Yeah. But that obviously plays in my hands with my triple captain mm. because if it goes down to the wire... We're, every team is going to be playing their best 11 week in, yeah. week out. So you're going to have to play the top players. So hopefully won't blank out with du- any double game weeks or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. So that's the hope. And that's the quick fantasy rundown from the yeah. both of us. Honestly, good luck to you. Um, you're going to need it. <laughs>